is Debris in Turn 3, and we are back. It's an all-new episode. We may have been away a few weeks enjoying summer in New York City, but we couldn't miss out on a show about the Coke Zero Sugar 400 from Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida, or as we all know it, the Firecracker 400, the July Midway Race, and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. This is DIT3. Man, it's good to be back. I think it's been a month, probably, since our last show. It took us a little while to get going, yeah, because we were just talking racing. We were watching the action, a Re- little recapping bit. the race. Um, but man, yeah, like you said, it, it's summer. Uh, you know, Fourth of July. I was on uh, Fire Island in Ocean Beach for a couple of nights. Uh, came back to the island and saw some fireworks. Uh, you know, I took a whole vacation this this past week, so mm-hmm. I was I was relaxing. I was on the beach all I week. I saw in the Instagram story and yeah. looked quite nice yeah. out there. My view was a little different. I got the nice balmy subway and the heat of a dusty floor <laughs> getting renovated and a few extra hours, which... You know, never something to really complain about, except for when it's really hot and you want to just go home and watch the World Cup or yeah. stop at the uh, stop at the Yale House on your way home yeah. for a few pints and yeah. watching the couple. But World you had Cup a good soccer. view of the fire. You get you get to see the the fireworks in the city from your rooftop, right? Yeah, the Macy's fireworks. We got a good shot of them. Uh, my roommate convinced me to go upstairs and look because I was <laughs> after a day of hanging out. On the 4th of July, I was almost ready to turn in. <laughs> and I was I already felt like I had seen some really great fireworks when I went out to Riverhead the Saturday night before. Oh, yeah. And saw a great night of racing over there with demolition derbies and enduros. Uh, super exciting. Nice. And then a fantastic fireworks show, as Riverhead Raceway always does. And when you sit on that back stretch, they're almost blowing up on top of you. <laughs> yeah. It's a little intense sometimes. So Did you all go, ooh. ooh. Ah. Uh, I like those ones. <laughs> I always like talking about when people talk about what fireworks they like better than the other ones. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> no, those are nice. Honey, what do you think? Those ones? Yeah. I do the same thing. I like the ones that like fizzle out real quick or like the big weeping willow ones. Oh, like... so uh, with the Macy's fireworks we saw on the roof, they have those just gigantic ones with that just just fan out and it's just just huge. I like the ones it's, too that are like huge and then you don't hear the the pop until like five seconds later and it's just like a huge boom. Yeah, and, it, and sometimes it was even a little creepy though <laughs> watching the fireworks from the distance of the city, all the smoke and yeah. those ones that go up and you see the little trail, it's just a little creepy watching. I'm like, oof. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> But, so, yeah, the 4th of July was fun, a little weird in the middle of the week, but a lot. it's just the summertime, man, in the city. There's just cafes to sit in and just little, little bars to pop in and just walking around. I'm walking down around 14th Street right now, so it's just, it's really cool. It's yeah. just an easy little trip in. After work, it's just fun to kind of just... Walk around down there. The Trader Joe's is right there, really, honestly. So that's <laughs> kind of why it's awesome. And the Trader Joe's wine store, Ooh. which is by like the best wine store in the city. Nice. You get some like really good wines for like 
you know, the two buck chuck, which is now like three dollars. <laughs> but they got some <laughs> better like choices it. that you can get, but for all under ten dollars. But yeah, there was a ton of racing last weekend. Uh, we're like in the midway point of the NASCAR season. We're in the middle of the hot summer. So yeah, let's check out uh, who won and, and got themselves in the winner's circle last weekend. In this week's winner's circle, in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Eric Jones got his first career win in the Coke Zero Sugar 400, albeit being in a diminished field. In the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Carl Larson swept all three stages and won in a controversial finish to the Coca-Cola Firecracker 250. The 24 of Justin Haley went below the yellow line, which is a big no-no. This weekend was also the Wheel of Modified Tour from Riverhead Raceway. Justin Bonsignor got his fourth win of the season at his hometown racetrack and his second win from the pole. In the ARCA Series, Sheldon Creed won from the pole at Iowa Speedway. And at Riverhead Raceway, the supporting divisions of the Wheel of Modified Tour, the Crate Mods, Justin Brown got the win. In the Blunder Bus was Jack Hanley Jr. again. I feel like every time we do a show, he's, he's winning. winning. Yeah. In the Inex Legends, Alan Peterson gets the win. And in the Street Sox, Chris Lisinski. And then IndyCar Series last weekend saw James Hinchcliffe beating out Joseph Newgarden late in the race to win in Iowa in the Formula One Series early on Sunday morning. That was a great race to tune in. You saw uh, Sebastian Vettel come home victorious and Lewis Hamilton make a great run through the field after he got spun early by Kimi Raikkonen. And in the IMSA Series, they were at the Canadian Motorsports Park. Uh, Colin Brown, he made a pass with eight laps to go in the Jonathan Bennett Court Autosports Machine and he took home the, the win in the prototype class. Uh, Richard Westbrook and Ryan Briscoe driving the Ford GT were first in the GT Le Mans class, and Joren Blikelmullen and Ben Keating. I, I, I mean, I think that's how you say it. I'm just kind of right <laughs> and Ryan. Ben Keating won in GT Daytona class in their Mercedes AMG GT3. And I'm just going to add uh, just one more. Uh, two weekends ago, Mark Marquez at Assen in the Dutch TT. So if you find some highlights, it was, I, I mean, I almost threw up during this race. <laughs> they got so close at one point. I think you texted me that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very visceral reaction from watching the race. But you could have thrown a blanket over the top eight guys in this race. And it's just, it's so close and it's just so tense. And at one point, Maverick Vinales made a move on Mark Marquez. And I think I was just like, like almost dry heave. Uh, so that was a great race. And uh, we'll get into more of what's coming up with them and the other series later in the race, uh, later in the show. Uh, but let's get on and talk about what's going on at the Debris in Turn 3 NASCAR Fantasy League over at NASCAR Fantasy Live. And who took home the win this weekend, Dan? Uh, looks like you did. And, and I, got, I got the second place finish. Ooh. You know what they say. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> no, you could be second. You could be third. Hell, you could be fifth. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, it, it was a tough, tough way to lose, though. Losing by one point. Yeah. To your co-host. Yeah, you know what? I had Kevin Harvick and... Um, 
he was at he was my garage. No, he was in my in my starting lineup, and I put him in the garage for some. I wasn't watching the race live, so I was just going purely on points, and I put him in the garage, and that just. If had I not done that, I probably would. You probably would have, because I made a major fumble and didn't make a garage move. Well, I did. I had made some garage moves because they were wrecking, but at the end of the stage, I didn't. And Austin Dillon, I left him in my garage, and he ended up scoring 33 points. And I had Paul Menard in there, only scored a nine, and uh, did not have a great night uh, after having a, a pole position last week in Chicagoland. Uh, he had a tough spin and a wild wreck down the back stretch with uh, some wicked damage to the roof and the hood yeah. <laughs> flapping around. It was pretty exciting. Uh, but looking down at the rest of the top five finishers at Daytona Beach in the net debris in turn three fantasy league. Yes, after Mythos Motorsports in first and, and high and wide hands in second, it was Vegas bound in third, Rusty 70 dash two. 137 points in fourth. And Dan, is this a, a typo over here? Seven seconds faster? <laughs> 116 <laughs> points in the yeah. position. That's six seconds faster. Yes. Okay, now you can buy me some lunch at the highway joint. Uh, and after 18 races at the midway point, Chicken Pit Racing continues to be the leader with a uh, 140 or so point lead. <laughs> I'm the mad over Brady Bunch and then White Flag Lap in third. Uh, I mean, it looks like people have been falling off. Uh, maybe just because it's summer, people aren't getting their picks in. But there was only nine entries this week in the race. So a little shallow. Yeah. A little shallow. Car count I mean, was kind of down. Good for me. I can at least, like, make up some points. And so, see, like, so you would be happy if you won, even if you were in a diminished field. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm still, right? I'm still so in 12th place. You had to put overall. the little caveat at the end of the thing that yeah, just, he won in the diminished field, but he won the race. Yeah. And I'm so just trying to make the show interesting, we, <laughs> a, a talking point. We missed a few weeks, so we have to give it uh, just a congratulations to some of the past winners. Notably, if forgetting anybody, sorry, but Alabama Gang scoring first career win. Also, BE Racing, first career win in the Green Turn 3 League. And we'll we'll get we'll, we'll check back and, and be more prepared. I don't know if this intern prepares his terrible notes. He knows that we're not having done a show in like how many weeks, and we might want to talk about like the winners from the previous weeks, and like doesn't put them on here. It's like, what are we paying this guy for? I don't even think we are paying him. I don't even think this guy exists. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's get into well, the race. Well, oh, no, no, you let's get, one more. I just want to give right. congratulations because even though you came up just a little bit short in the the home league there at NASCAR Fantasy Live in the Debris and Turn Three Champions League, you did just squeak out a win against me with a dynamite performance from Ty Dillon and also Chris Bursher scoring you a hundred and thirty-eight points in the double point event over my 128 so you took the win and got the double playoff points and everything and that kind of got you back into it after with two races left in our summer segment my team is on top with 344 points and in second with 334 points a huge jump and change in the points you find yourself right behind me so I don't know who you have that. left for Kentucky and also basically no one <laughs> There's, I think it's like the 51 or 
Oh, oh yeah. Like you probably like probably only have something like that. I don't, yeah. I don't have many guys left either, but if you have, the champion of the league will be invited to come and join into this league where we all pick the worst drivers that we all try to avoid pitching all the time, and then we just get a good you know, ride out of that. But yeah, let's get talk about the race. What do you got, Dan? So not really racing related on the track, but I just want to talk about Dale Jr. being in the booth because I think he's doing a great job so far. I mean, he's already internet. I mean, he's a famous already, but yeah. he's, already, he's got a, a, he's fam- got a, a YouTube race. famous now. Side job. Side job, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. And oh, man, and Kyle Busch with the boohoos and yeah. everything. What a race at Chicagoland. And yes, Dale Jr. for his first race. Incredible, yeah. and he's he's like a natural. He's great. I love listening to him talk about the races, and I think he's been great with with Burton. Yeah. And we think we see Steve Letarte cut in the Larry Mack role, doing the crew chief and from the pit box and in, in the pit lane. Yeah, I think he's got great chemistry with everyone, and you know he's still kind of like learning where he fits in in the team. But like he's, I feel like he's like jumping in over uh rick allen with like some of the play-by-play stuff but he's doing a great job so and sometimes i feel like he's even doing a better play-by-play than rick <laughs> allen yeah who's just like Haley <laughs> martin truex has never won <laughs> eric jones has never won <laughs> last time the new strike it's jones <laughs> Great, like, where's the, into yeah. the last corner? I, I know, like, that's kind of like the radio call type thing, but yeah. that's what we want. We know you've been talking yeah, about I mean, it we can all see it, race. but just, like, enunciate, say more How words. How many times did they tell us all race that Martin Truex hasn't won on a super speedway yet? And if you're, like, race fans know that Eric Jones doesn't have a win yet. And, and I'm like, okay, that's the whole thing. Well, you know, people are watching. They may not have, there might be a new fan. Like... Can we focus on the fans, like the NASCAR fans? Like, we're here. Are there NASCAR fans anymore? I don't even think there's NASCAR fans anymore. Well, we were talking about this before the show. We've always been very nice here at Debris in Turn 3. For all the NASCAR fans out there. (laughs) I think we've been nice. A little internet cordial. (laughs) But, I mean, it's getting to a point where, listen... We have three guys dominating right now, but okay, that's fine. That's what happens in racing. This is where we're at. So we're like going forward. At least for me, don't expect me to be so like nice out there. I, I mean, I, I I probably can't help myself. I I won't be able to like call anybody names out there. But there's a lot of chets out there that just mm-hmm. gotta get their act together and like just kind of watch the race and enjoy it. So what Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex are duking it out with Kyle Busch? That happens. Yeah. You know what I enjoyed? The finish to the Xfinity race. Yeah, where, where do we start with that? I mean... I mean, we don't normally get into the Xfinity race too much on the show, but I mean, we had to talk about that. This was relevant finish. because it was a big Daytona weekend, and it was uh, a rules you know, debate about whether or not... I mean, there really not, was no debate. He went below the yellow and line. And he drove down there himself as plain as day. Like, yeah. he, they he said it might have been the reaction and everything, yeah. thinking that Elliot Sadler was going to kind of go low, but he had all the room in the world. And we saw his post-race interview where he basically went below the yellow line and then asked NASCAR if that was okay or not. Right, he says, <laughs> NASCAR's got to tell us how much below the yellow line is cool. 
And the first thing that I, I got that just enraged me because this guy is trying to come up through the ranks. He calls himself a professional race car driver. He's the pilot of that machine. That's his job. And he's unfamiliar with the rules on the racetrack? Come on now. Yeah. I mean... So sorry, kid. Yeah. Um, Dale Jr. has said that they that he thinks they should get rid of the del- double yellow line. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I know that it's there for a reason, uh, safety reasons, and that it was, that's why it was put in place, but the cars are a lot safer. They got safer barriers. I think it's about time that they got rid of it and just let the guys race. Cause you know, I think it, I think the yellow line like- makes more wrecks because guys are trying to stay within the line. You know, if they had room to fan out, they could avoid wrecks, but they're trying to stay within the the inbounds. Good point. I'd say that these rules and regulations, they exist for a reason. Sometimes they've been around for a long time, and we forget why they were put in place uh, originally. And I feel like that might be happening right now with this double yellow line rule, because guys... We're playing chicken into the corners down the back stretch and into turn one. Mm-hmm. And that was causing giant pileups, the big one, into the corners. And I, I don't like that. It, was very, it wasn't a, very safe for the drivers, but you are right. I, I, I'm kind of like leaning, you kind of convinced me tonight. We were talking a little bit before the show. But it, it has been this rule for a long time. They, they are very tight on the racetrack, they're lower to the track. They have the safer barriers now, so they lose a little bit of even track space up there as well. It's yep. small, but it's some. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Now it's time to see these guys like go out there and race. And just like the poor block that William Byron made against Brad Keselowski, these drivers need to be a little more cautious on the racetrack. Right. I, I, I think a lot of this, everyone's looking to blame NASCAR, the package... Denny Hamlin, it's going to be a wreck fest. <laughs> Please, don't wreck then. Right. Like, don't wreck. Drive smarter. That'd be, you can't that'd be finish first if you first <laughs> fail to finish. <laughs> but even like William Byron, it was early enough in the race that there was no need for him to block like that. He the, would have easily gotten his position back or at least gotten up towards the front again if he just let Keselowski by. Well, he was a race car driver. He just let people go by. When it's only when you're only twenty laps, I don't even remember what lap it was. About fifteen laps to go in stage two. All right, so yeah, you're coming down to the end of a stage, but still, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like right now, with the way the three, the big three, we're calling them this season: Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., and also Kyle Busch. The way that they're winning, it's putting a lot of pressure on these drivers to score points mm-hmm. and stay into the points hunt. So these stage points are becoming more critical. And I, it was chronic nutty to see how they were just getting all in their in, in each other's grills, yeah. <laughs> trying to score stage points. So, and it's funny to me how we're trying to talk about a driver being patient in a restrictor plate race, which is a bit like. Kind of an oxymoron saying patient at a restrictor plate race because you have to be patient, but you have to know when to be aggressive and you can't be too aggressive, right. that, but then you can't be too patient that you, you get left behind. 
But when we're now we're instead of t- saying you know a hundred laps in to a hundred sixty lap race or uh, at that point the stages were forty laps each. Yeah, or maybe like so. It was like lap like seventy, lap sixty. Might have been a hundred laps left to go in the race. Yeah, and then blocking like that. But we're now we're talking. But the the dialogue is about it being just well. There's fifteen laps to go in stage two. Right. So the the, the whole face of the race, everything's changed. Yeah. Um, like, this is it now. Like we're yeah. this is stage racing. Right. So we said Eric Jones got his first career win. And you're talking about points. I don't think this... Wi- like, it's great that he got his first win, uh, especially at a plate track. But I don't think his win is really going to disrupt the the big three or the uh, the playoff picture at this point. Um, I saw Eric Jones racing his way into the playoffs on points anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just it will greatly affect his seeding in the playoffs bracket uh, with the win. I'll be right there with Austin Dillon. Yeah. No, like, Big playoff challenger. <laughs> He'll be out in the first round. Oh, snap. I mean, he will. Yeah, he will. Because all these guys, if you look at... We were talking about the points before the race, uh, before the show. I, I keep, like, yeah, yeah. making uh, this metaphor for the show and the race today. <laughs> something about it. I don't know. But we were talking about the points, and it just looks like all these guys are in the points, like, where they finish every single week. Right. And if the trend keeps going that Harvick or Bush or Truex are just going to keep winning, why would it change that once we get to the playoffs, you're going to see some new winners? Like, no. The guys that are dominant now, I think, are going to continue to be dominant throughout the rest of the season. And we've seen dominant cars in other seasons of racing, and that's why it's just these three guys are better than them. Their teams are more cohesive. Uh, like the Kyle Busch team, Joe Gibbs Racing, like they've been at it for a long time, and there's a lot of new teams starting up this year, drivers switching cars and stuff, and I think they're just preying on this, mm-hmm. like their experience behind the wheel. Uh, but that's why, like, I'm just would like to see more from Brad Keselowski this season. Yeah. Like, well, I think he's fired up now. Yeah, I think he is too, <laughs> and <laughs> we were also discussing that before the show because he had some choice words. For William Byron, basically dismissing him and yeah. a lot of the young guys basically saying that, like, they don't even belong there yeah, because it was a poor move. And I just like how he just kind of <laughs> was like, you know what? Like, I lifted. It was my fault. Yeah. Anyway, next time, I'm not lifting. And I think next well, time he I mean, won't lift. We've been saying all season about the young guns and these young... They have to learn, and this is exactly how you learn. Right. When you make a stupid move... And a veteran puts and, you in the defense. Yeah. Or sends you into the grass. <laughs> yep. That then you'll know from then on. Right. And I, you know, I think Brad Kozlowski was trying to be patient. And I, Ricky Stenhouse was pushing aggressively. And he got a lot of heat on Saturday night. <laughs> they, they were calling it the Ricky Stenhouse Demolition Derby. Yeah. Uh, I also heard Recky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> Recky Stenhouse Jr. Classic. Uh, Why didn't any of us think uh, of that? So my I wrote, we have our key moments from the race. These are three key moments that I wrote down. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. hitting everyone. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. staying out and then causing a wreck. Ricky Stenhouse <laughs> Jr. being an idiot all night, and he knew it, yet continued to drive like an idiot. <laughs> so those are my three takeaways from this. I'll, tell you, I give him, I'll give him a pass on that first one. I mean, I mean the, the, the bumping and the, the bump drafting, the pushing, it was, it's aggressive even in that stage of the race. But the 24, I mean... Just late blocking into the third corner. I, I just, at that stage of the race, I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, 
But that next one was terrible, where we made contact with Kyle Bush. Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, you just took out Kyle <laughs> Bush. Like, yeah. I guess there were a lot of happy f- fans in the grandstands. But it's just like, how many, like, hard chargers, like, big names are you going to wreck in this race? Yeah. Well, when that happened, I was thinking back to the Martinsville race with him and Kyle Bush, like, when he was, like, trying to stay on the lead la- or, right. like, not go a lap down. The classy Ricky Stenhouse yeah. moment because he didn't wreck him. Yeah. On Saturday night, it was Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> so much so that after he, everyone wrecked in the second stage... And Jeff Burton gets him on the radio to do their interview with the stage winner. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes, like, Ricky, so uh, just going out there, bud, you know? <laughs> and that was the most demoralized-sounding yeah. interview I ever heard from a driver live in a race. It was almost, it was borderline, like, I kind of yeah. felt bad for him. I was like, uh... I heard on a yeah. Jeff Gluck podcast that he had to have a police escort. Out, I heard out, about that, yeah. <laughs> the speedway. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, man. So besides that kind, those those two incidences on the racetrack, then the racing kind of got exciting with these guys, and they had that last green flag pit stop. Those Fords stayed out mm-hmm. a little longer and caught, got themselves caught up and out of the draft. But Ricky had a good pit stop, and was just about to catch the end of the draft of the lead pack. When Kyle Larson blows a left <laughs> rear tire, yeah. probably from some contact and and with one of the wrecks caused by Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, because was he did he have that left rear rub at that point or was that later? No, that yeah. was later that was in the race. <laughs> but uh, in at this point, he got in collected with uh, well Larson. Kyle Larson collected Ricky Stenhouse, yeah. and the crowd erupted. <laughs> they were, they loved it that he that he collected them, but so. I'm, I'm asking, is, is Kyle Larson like the, the most popular driver in NASCAR these last two weeks after his his uh, running with Kyle Busch last week and taking out Recky this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been in the middle of like these two huge moments. Uh, these last two weeks in NASCAR have been All about the best Ky- two weeks in, I feel like, a couple of years. And Kyle Larson is in the middle of it. Yeah, so. and he had he won the race. He won, he won the race Saturday. Mm-hmm. At, at Daytona, and, and yep. he won Saturday at Chicagoland as well. No, what's that? No, that was he, he didn't win the Xfinity Series race. Oh, Xfinity! Uh, Xfinity I don't know. Series I don't race know. on Saturday. I'm uh, fairly certain that he did. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. the intern could check on that if yeah. we can get some. Yeah, I mean, most like, popular nerve. driver. I think it's it's it still... could be it could be Larson. It could be Chase Elliott. It could even be Jimmy Johnson because the crowd went crazy when he took the lead too, which was very weird. And I, I, well, and it was pretty weird because you know I had Jimmy Johnson as my pick for winner in the Debris and Turn Three Fantasy League, and he kind of escaped a few wrecks. He even made that yeah. wild slide through the, through the apron and yeah. the grass, like dirt tracking it, and he kind of did it again. And his luck ran out on the last wreck late in the race, but we're not even there yet talking yeah. about wrecks. So it was, very chaotic on the racetrack. Ricky Stenhouse was just around everything. He did have some contact, I think, with Eric Almarola late in the race. I yeah, even... I don't know. And But anyway, he had a left rear tire rub, and then he ended up blowing the ref- left rear tire that brought out a late yellow that tightened up the field after they had broken up into a few packs. Yeah. Which that felt like Daytona to me, like the Daytona yes. of the past, like multiple packs trying to catch each other, like that. That was classic Daytona. I, I I like watching green for like pit stops of racing and 
Some of my favorite races in Daytona are watching when the field gets strung out and seeing who yeah. teamed up with who to gain time on so-and-so. But with, like, with the stage racing, the pack racing, like we don't yeah. getting the green flag. That was the only way to really break up the field in the, on the super speedway. It was during green flag pit stops. Yeah. Uh, how fast you get through the gears, you come back up. And that was, that was exciting at that point when Kyle Larson wrecked because it was seeing where everyone blended back together and what draft you can catch on. And those are tense moments, I'm sure, for a race car driver coming out of the pit lane and seeing the pack scream by and then wondering, like, how many laps are left in this race? Especially with the guys that were left because, like I said, by the time the field got so small, it was basically all the wave-around cars. So it felt like I was watching this, like, special clash of wave-arounders, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and it was a double points race in that. And I'm like, oh, that's someone that's just going to score a ton of points. Yeah. And then the Dinger, who was showing himself to be a good super speedway racer, he got up there, was mixing it up at the end, and he even now finds himself a little controversy on Twitter because he ditched his uh, teammate, Chris Buescher, but... Yeah, you know what they say. The only one, the most important person to finish ahead of is your teammate, and that's exactly what he did. I don't think he, they thought they had a chance to win there. Yeah. Uh, that the twenty car jumped out on that last restart. Casey Kane was a fan favorite at the end of this race. There are so many stories. Matt De Benedetto was up there at the end of the race. Bubba Wallace was up there until he made the, the contact with the Clint Boyer machine yep. that sent him spinning into Kevin Harvick. Who I could not believe like came out of nowhere. Came then. out of nowhere was up there in front with Martin Truex Jr. That yeah. these two guys were both restarting late in the race, uh, first and third, yeah. with damage on their cars and were running faster <laughs> than some of these other guys in the draft. Yeah. It was just absolutely incredible. Well, like I said, these other guys are not used to having that speed. So, you know, the fact that there was only two or three of like the the really fast cars left. Even they couldn't even keep up with just like the two of them, you know? Yeah. And the Joey Gase double zero <laughs> getting the start at Daytona was up there mixing it up at the end until he got caught and tagged and turned. I don't know what happened with a couple of guys late. They they tried to go four wide and they yeah, got a little turn into and, turn three and yeah. it, that didn't, that's never working out. That was a hard hit. And it into wasn't a very hard Marola. hit. That was, that was the accident with, with the, the tire, tire. went yeah. flying through uh, the all the way down the front straightaway. So. Yeah. I wonder if somebody at NASCAR is looking at that one because that tire could have gone really. And we were saying like the de- distance that that tire traveled. There's right. no reason to believe that, that that tire couldn't make it into the infield at least. Yeah. Certainly, if it wasn't going to get around the catch fence. Yeah. So I think that the tires on the modifieds are tethered. So the fact that they don't tether tires on the Cup cars, something to look into. They're mm-hmm. always looking to make safety improvements. Uh, tires and parts flying. Uh, they have the tethers on the hood. You saw. With when Paul Menard had that spin down the back straightaway, and I think that Jeff Burton I mean, even allude, alluded to how because it was tethered, it was just, just beating the on roof. the car, yeah. yeah, and it was just and flopping on the roof and just like beating it. But even hit, and I said, Oh, I, I had said it, I said, Remind me, I wanted to just mention on the show tonight yeah. that it was incredible though, because even for a little bit, he was up there, and these guys with damaged race cars making it to the front. But I feel like it was a time in the super speedways where if you had the slightest little bit of damage to the nose or front end of your race car, you were like completely like handicapped and yeah. might, we were going to struggle for the rest of the race. Not anymore. Seems like you can run pretty well with a damaged car. <laughs> Seems like <laughs> it, especially if you're Truex and uh, Kevin Harvick. 
But uh, uh, I thought I thought it was an exciting finish to the end of the race, and uh, just congratulations to Eric Jones on his first career victory. I don't think yeah. there's, I don't think the the amount of cars wrecked in this race is anything to take away from him winning this race. No, I don't think so. Um, but I think this was just one of the more exciting races this season. Where you know I watched it on DVR, but normally if I'm watching it. Uh, you know, on the DVR, I'll maybe have my phone out and just like kind of glancing up at the TV every once in a while. This race, not just because it was Daytona, but it was actually exciting. My like had my eyes were glued to the TV for every lap of this race. Yeah, I, I was I was engaged in this whole race as well because it, it's fun when you get to see some of these other drivers make it up to the front because you get to see like what they could do. And I don't like this narrative that gets portrayed on the internet and social media that the restrictor plate races aren't real races. They're not real racetracks. And mm. it's just luck. I, I feel like if, if the draft is the great equalizer, well, now you're getting to see the abilities of a guy like Matt DiBenedetto or Michael McDowell right. and even DJ Kennington. <laughs> From uh, from Canada, it was yeah. up there until he got spun and collected late in the race. But what I'm saying is, yes, the car, the team, it's not up to par with the top guys. Right. And you know, maybe some of these drivers aren't as great as you. I'm not saying that just like they that they are because they're in this point. But now you get a chance to see what decisions that they're making. Right. What li- what line is going? Will I push this guy? Should I go that way? And how they work that chess match in the draft. Yeah. And do they have the skills and the guts to make those moves? And sometimes in these races, you get to see it. So I don't like when they say, well, it's just the draft's a great equalizer and it's just luck for those drivers. It's not a real win. Because, no, I feel like now I'm at least getting a chance where, like, my car, because my car is a part of racing. And, like, you have to have a better car. And there's a whole team Mm -hmm. in the pit lane. And as a team back in the shop, and the men and women are working really hard to get that car prepared right. and get be fast on the racetrack. I mean, just like these other cars. Uh, but I mean, we see it at all levels of racing. Yeah. But I just think it's about time we we just put to bed this thing that uh, just because a guy wins at a restricted plate race that it does it something means something less than winning another race. Right. Because I don't think there's anything like uh, whether it's restricted plate or not. You win at Daytona. If I had to choose one place to win, if I were a race car driver, I'd choose Daytona. Yeah, I would too. I think, though, because there were so few cars left, and it was a lot of the the lower-tiered teams that were basically up front, I, like, I think they, you sh- they showed that they could make those moves and make the quick decisions, but the equipment wasn't quite there, so maybe the draft wasn't working as well in their favor or they just couldn't get those runs because mm. they didn't have the speed in general. Mm. That's, so. a, that's a good point. Like they, they don't have the horses that some of the other cars do, yeah. and they don't have the benefit of the big pack kind of pushing right. them yeah. with the yeah. limited amount of cars in the draft. Right. So yeah. they can't, they don't not getting that extra momentum. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think we saw that a little bit on some of the restarts mm-hmm. where some of these guys kind of couldn't, you know, couldn't chug yeah. along with the I other mean, Casey Kane on that last restart on the outside. He just couldn't really get going. Yeah, I, but he did hang in there. I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't necessarily agree with the move to choose the outside there. Mm-hmm. 
but I also said when we were kind of rewatching at the end, I was like, but we don't know how Casey Kane feels in the race car. Right. I mean, maybe there's a th- his car feels completely different on the outside than it does on the inside. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm the leader. I'm I'm choosing the outside because I don't want to be on the inside. Right. And we don't know that. And he almost cleared Truex, but then Truex just got up there and did the little side draft, killed that momentum. Yeah. But then I don't remember who was behind him, but then one of these other machines just couldn't mm. get up there and give him that big push. Yeah. And then Harvick and... Truex jump out to the lead, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, are we going to see, <laughs> after all this, yep. these two guys like win? And then Harvick loses a little momentum. He drifts back, kind of bogs down the 14 car that was damaged up there in the draft, and Bubba just, just turns him. Yeah. Again, I, I, people, Bubba has taken a little heat for that one, but it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a bad wreck because he did make the contact and turn him. But if... Clint Boyer's car is damaged and is not... Because we saw he couldn't get up behind Kevin Harvick on that last restart. If his car isn't you know, going as fast as it should or it would necessarily be, then Bubba is going just a few miles per hour faster than him, maybe a little few too much right. to give him that aggressive push to the point now where he's like moving the back tires and like turning them. Yeah. And, I mean, Bubba's got to... I say you want to be got to be more aware, and, you, and you, I guess you got to have that from your spotter. I mean, like that car's not like moving as good right now, and I don't know. That, there was a good chance for Bubba to get another good finish, mm-hmm. uh, and instead he ends up on the back of the wrecker and finishes down in the standings. Yep. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah, there was the a lot race. to talk about this race. <laughs> I mean, we, we we haven't talked racing in a while, so yeah. there was a lot, and and then uh, the Recky Stenhouse demolition <laughs> derby. <laughs> From Daytona Beach was a pretty exciting night yeah. of racing. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, move on to some other racing news. So it's kind of a slow news week, but Toyota unveiled their new car for the Xfinity series next year. They're going to be running the Supra. Yeah, it looks pretty good, but the street version is vastly different than the NASCAR version because and- it's. I don't know anymore. I mean, it's a sports car. So you think, you know, the the street car version of the Supra, you know, it's got a, that sloped... Uh, I thought it looked cool. I mean, it looks cool on, on the NASCAR, but it just looks nothing like the street car version because the street car doesn't have a big rear deck. You know, it's a sports car. It's going to have, you know, it, look, it looks nothing like... But they did a good job on the front end, whatever. I mean, obviously, they want to have a car that's relevant to compete with the Mustangs and the Camaros, but, you know, that's NASCAR for you. There was some Roval testing in Charlotte earlier today. The race was unveiled. It's going to be the Bank of America Roval 400. So they're doing 400 miles on a Roval. Fantastic. Or maybe 400 lap. Maybe 400 laps? 400 miles? I don't know. We'll see. I I, I, I kind of missed how long it said it, they, they were like it was a big deal they were trying to figure out like what the distance of the race is going to be. But I did hear on a tweet and I can't remember who tweeted said it was the longest road course race. Hmm. So the this total distance of the race will be longer than the race at Watkins Glen at Sonoma. I, I'm not completely sold yet. I haven't really seen any of the Roval <laughs> and so I'm I'm just. I just Googled Charlotte Roval, and there's a couple of um, news stories as of, like, four hours ago. 
Uh, one is driver's cheating chicane prompt change to Charlotte Roval. And the other one changes made to Charlotte Ro- Roval after drivers make shortcut. I guess testing and was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to, I wonder if there's any videos of this. They so can see them doing that. Maybe uh, if you tune into the NASCAR America, the race hub tomorrow. Yeah. They'll get into that, and you might be I able know to see some Bubba footage. had a pretty nasty wreck in the first turn of the Roval and tore up his car. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, they were out. These guys were testing out there on the Roval. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's cool. I I feel like eleven year old Matt would be all into this, like Roval, because I would always yeah. be like, watch the twenty four hours of Daytona. These guys yeah. would be like racing on the course, and I'd be like, well, it'd be cool if they did it. Yeah. Now I'm kind of I I love road course racing. I, big, I love watching the Formula and the MotoGP. Yeah. And but actual road courses, these, not rovals. Because there's some like what really kind of got me into road course racing were these magnificent circuits yeah. and these beautiful shots of these like landscape race courses, and then these cars, the different engines and these different sounds and yeah. just racing over it and it was just it's just great i love why I, I love watching imsa and mm-hmm. the racing's been exciting and a little like a little door banging at times too like uh there's a lot of guys like trying to like juan pablo montoya <laughs> he's not been uh he's not been a big uh fa- favorite of some of the, the gt le mans gt daytona drivers because he's mm-hmm. just kind of coming up on them in his acura team penske machine yeah and just being like get out of the way but <laughs> he's never raced in multi-class racing right and so that's like exciting, but the way I got there really were like these great circuits: Road America, Road mm-hmm. Atlanta, Coda now in Texas, and now we go to the Roval yeah. in Charlotte Motor Speedway, which Charlotte hasn't had. I feel like a good race in a while, and then the last like Charlotte races were kind of cool, mm-hmm. even though they had the little package for the. But I think last falls. The race at Charlotte was a tough, brutal one. That was the one where those guys, they, the tires were wearing, and they were, they were really hot in the race car, and they were yeah. working it. And Martin Truex Jr. won, of course, on a mile <laughs> and a half. But it was like a hard-fought one, yeah. uh, a win. Uh, and like now, like just kind of with Charlotte's kind of like maybe coming around a little bit, now we're at the Roval. And right. I just don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. They finally painted the walls white again. So there's no confusion over having yellow walls when Monster <laughs> Energy is the series sponsor. So they got that one right. Um, that's really it for the news. Uh, let's look ahead to some of the upcoming races and look ahead to the Kentucky Race Weekend. Tomorrow, or today, if you're... <laughs> listening on this Wednesday. Riverhead is doing their first Wednesday night feature in over 20 years. So I am definitely going to be at that tomorrow. They're going to have tour type mods, crate mods, trucks, legends, gut and go enduro and a school bus figure eight. So that sounds super cool. A Wednesday night show. I will not be able to make (laughs) it out to Eastern Long Island and Riverhead Raceway is after Putting in a few extra hours tomorrow, I'm heading up to the Bronx nice. in Yankee Stadium to check out another my, soccer game, another NYC <laughs> FC game. Nice. I last You're a fan week, now. 
I am a fan. I, yeah. I, I definitely am a fan. And I, I, I've been a fan since they started their first seasons, the new club here. <laughs> it was a little tough uh, to go up to Yankee Stadium. Being and a check Met it out, fan. Meet yes. a Met fan. And although, I mean, I want to always go up there and check out the, the stadium, but I just got up there for the first time, and it was funny to see the NYCFC. So, uh, that I was your first time at the new Yankee Stadium? Yeah, to see the uh, soccer game. <laughs> and it's isn't funny. City Field so much better? It is. Yeah. It is. I, I honestly, but it wasn't as bad as everyone was making it out to be. But mm. it's definitely missing a lot of the charm that City Field has. Yeah. Like I saw what they were like trying to do. They were just kind of like, like, yeah, we're gonna like make Yankee Stadium, like, r- like look old, but like I don't new. know, old but new, yeah. old but new with this new stuff that's not quite that cool. Anyway, all right. <laughs> also, this Saturday, uh, the Arca series is in Elko Speedway for the Sioux Chief Power 250. In Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. I never do, I don't know if I've ever seen a race from Minnesota. I wanted to go to this this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. The K&N Pro East Series is going to be at Thompson for the King Cadillac GMC Throwback 100. That would have been a cool race to go to. IndyCar in Toronto for the Honda Indy, Indy Toronto in the streets of Toronto, yes, Ontario. The, street, the, the Grand Prix through the streets in Toronto, Ontario. James Hinchcliffe, the winner last week, going home to, to Canada as the, the latest winner. And uh, that's going to be kind of exciting. And this week, the MotoGP is back. And if you <laughs> haven't yet watched, I'm telling you, I watched... Hitting the Apex finally this week is the movie narrated by Brad Pitt uh, about yeah. the, cha- the, the challengers to Valentino Rossi, who is a nine-time world champion, and how Jorge Lorenzo came on the scene with Danny Pedrosa, Marco Simicelli, and then Mark Marquez, of course, who has just been... I, he's not my favorite rider on the Repsol Honda machine, but mm. this is guy, he is just... He will do anything to win, and... He's, he's at times in his career been a little aggressive. He still is, but he's aggressive himself on the bike. Mm-hmm. And you see these slow motion, 200 plus miles an hour breaking in the corner with the rear tires spinning. It's absolutely incredible. This weekend, Sunday, the Premac Grand Prix from Deutschland, the Saxon <laughs> Ring. It's an exciting, exciting circuit that really fits that, that Honda also. It's always difficult to find the races televised. Uh, I think right now it's the BN channel, that sports network, and they're always like on tape delay. But you can always sign up for their video pass, because I'm telling you, yep. you will not be disappointed. And the last thing that we have upcoming this weekend is right here in our very own backyard, and that's the Formula E Grand Prix. In Brooklyn, Saturday and Sunday, it's their last race of the season. Their champion will be crowned after the race here in Brooklyn, along the waterfront and the terminal over there. This weekend is in Kentucky. All three series are in Kentucky. Thursday, uh, the trucks, they're racing in the Buckle Up In Your Trucks 225. Uh, It's at 7.30 on FS1. Friday, you got your Cup Series qualifying at 6.40 on NBCSN. So, again, it's been a few weeks since we've done a show, but just reminding you to get your, your qualifying picks in, because I haven't done I it. I have completely given up on Yeah, I don't even picks. do it anymore. To me, <laughs> fantasy sports are a weekend thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like something I want to do on Sunday. Yeah, not a full week of... Yeah. yeah it's that. Um, but the Xfinity Series has their race later that night at 8 p.m., also on NBCSN. And then another Saturday night race for the Cup Series, Quaker State 400, presented by Walmart. 
at 7.30 on NBCSN. This should totally Not be on the s- network, people. It's on the cable channel. So start complaining now. Start your complaining now. <laughs> You know you're not going to know where I know it's on channel 314, so I know where it is. Right, we're going to go on Facebook and ask people from all over the world what channel the game is on. And they're going to say, well, what channel is that? I live in so-and-so. Like, okay, great. We're in New York City. Can't help you there. Uh, This, to me, is uh, one of these race weekends that I could just completely be something different and be someplace else. Mm. This is this racetrack is one of these unimaginative racetracks, but they're really pushing Kentucky and that part of the country. Like they feel like they need a race, and just turn three. It's the toughest turn in NASCAR. Give me a break. It's like uh, it's a little flatter than some of the other turns. They've done a lot. They've done a lot of renovations. Uh, first corner, third corner, and uh, around that racetrack, like they're really pushing it. But I could really do without this weekend, yeah. and especially another race on Saturday night. To me. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to do, like trying to get primetime viewers to watch a race from Kentucky when it's the middle of the summer and there's all sorts of uh, Saturday night racing going on at your local racetrack where that's where NASCAR uh, stock car racing fans should be. And this race should be on Sunday afternoon. I think that's the perfect place to stop. Been a long show, <laughs> and it's been great to do this again, Dan. After you know yeah. a bunch of weeks off, I love getting together and talking the racing. A couple things in the works coming up for the league. Hopefully, we were just talking about it. Like to keep it going, you know, into next season and beyond. Uh, so stay tuned to Debris and Turn Three. The internet's never going away, and either are we. We're gonna keep being NASCAR fans. For I mean, I don't plan on stopping soon. Me either. I'm like, there's this, uh, all these people. I'm just saying, I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm done with NASCAR. I don't even want to. I don't care about it anymore. And NASCAR, it's all over. I hate NASCAR <laughs> so much, and this is why. Let me tell you why that NASCAR is terrible now. Well, because- you know what? I've given up on the Mets. I don't even know why you have this on right now. <laughs> this was Debris and Turn Three. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back from Brooklyn, New York City. I'm Matt. I'm Dan. See you next time. Peace.